Hello, everyone, for this free episode it's of TF. the free one. Yes, it is. It's also the Bill Ackman is getting divorced because he can't stop tolling attention to his wife's terrible academic work. Oh, one. no. Yeah, oh, I, I, yeah. I, the thing is, he's going to get so divorced because no one would have cared about this at all had he not done the kind of like 10,000 word posts, even after getting Claudine Gay fired, where he was like, uh, by the way, uh, we're going to investigate everyone for plagiarism, and if anyone ever investigates anyone near to me for plagiarism, I will conduct unlimited reprisals on them. Mm-hmm. Well, no, what he did is, he we found out what Bill Ackman's limit break is, <laughs> and Bill Ackman's limit break is to incriminate his own wife, I mean, the, basically. Ha- look, it happens to the best of all the wife guys, because mm-hmm. you have this problem of you have to shut your mouth, but being the wife guy means that you can't do it the moment that your wife or any wife is brought up into question. Yeah. Look, famously, the tweets of a husband about his wife are not admissible in court. <laughs> so, uh, they can't compel you to tweet about yeah. your wife. So, so what happens is, this is this is now being reported, um, which is, Bill Ackman um, is, quote-unquote, completely losing it over stories in which Business Insider said his wife, the academic Neri Oxman, uh, quote-unquote, plagiarized some passages in her dissertation. It's so much worse than plagiarism. Like, people have read her dissertation, maybe for the first time, mm-hmm. These aren't supposed to be read. No. These are never supposed to be read. No. What, what, is this? Is this an undergraduate dissertation as no, well? No, no, no. It's for her doctorate, I think. Wow. Okay. But also, aren't all of these people old? So how long ago did she do this? Uh, no, no, no. She's she's pretty young because like she's Bill Ackman's like uh, young hot wife. Uh, his trophy graduate student wife. Exactly. Like, you know, I can I can understand why he'd be losing it. Yeah, and the, the, the doctoral the doctoral yeah. thesis was kind of like waved through, and people are actually now reading it, and it's incoherent. Ah, that's like the first PhD that must be incoherent, right? That must not be a common thing among PhD (laughs) dissertations. Yeah, but like, crucially, not incoherent because you know too much about the subject and have gone mad, sort of, uh, when we cease to understand the world sort of way. Mm. No, this is the kind of incoherence born of not having to understand anything whatsoever and knowing you can just submit just words. A 10,000 word incoherent screed. No, not Bill Ackman's Twitter account. It's <laughs> chapter four of his wife's PhD. She, she, she like cites some like metallurgical studies she never makes reference to beyond like weird digression about samurai swords. And if you've seen her tweets yes. too, uh, it, it, she's kind of like, she's like stem Zenny Jardin. <laughs> yes. Well, no, what's happened, right, is I, I don't want to spend too much time on this. It's just it's so funny that he is another billionaire who got radicalized and is in the process of destroying his family. Yeah, but this is the thing, like being radicalized to the right always, always destroys your marriage. Like it this happens, whether you're like Elon Musk or Graham Linehan or Bill Ackman, I guess. And I mean the upside is that his insanely hot wife is now single. So uh, you know. <laughs> N- Neri Oxman, if you're listening, I'm sorry I called your dissertation incoherent, and I'm sorry I compared you to Zeni Jardan. What are you doing later? <laughs> Hopefully not hanging out with any more associates of Jeffrey Epstein. Hopefully not. Uh, what's, what I think is just so funny is that Bill Ackman has decided to pick a fight over academic rigor to make a point about wokeness in universities. And what he had in his corner to do this was a wife who was basically professor of marbles at MIT kindergarten. <laughs> like, of course this was going to happen. Look, she built a very complicated marble run, and everyone agreed it was very good. And no one knew where the marble was going to end up at the end. Rube and, Goldberg well, no, himself said it problem. was a great marble the, run. The, um, the marble did end up on Little St. James Island in mm. this case. It's unfortunate. That's, that's yeah. basically true. She did have that orb made for him. Which, you, yeah. know, you know, what is a marble if not a small orb? Orbs again. They're back. We're back to orbs, baby. We are never, we're never y- that far that, from You like, this is going to be the year of the tunnel? No, it's going to be the year of the orb again. Well, what are the tunnels for, if not for rolling all of your orbs down? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, all right, all right. I want to I wanna talk about my actually prepared remarks now. <laughs> How are we spelling actually? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I wanted to... One, one news item before we get into our, um, our startup and our main body... Uh, mostly we're going to be, we haven't talked about like British politics in a time. And oh, now that, that we've decided, yeah, mm. now that we've decided that 2024 is an election year, 
um, I think it's worth sort of... It legally has to be, right? Yeah, well, it's going to be late 2024. Yeah, yes. yeah, because it was late 2019 yeah, they got elected. Indeed. So they're running up, they're running down the clock here. Yes, yeah. uh, but we, we know 2024 election year. Uh, Rishi Sunak is trying to wait. He's hoping that Javier Millet is going to invade the Falklands. It's his only hope. He's like going like, come on, come on. Come on, they're right It'll there. It'll be great ready. for your economy. <laughs> Why not give it a try? I pinky promise I won't send the fleet. <laughs> Terry Peck is busy or dead? Yeah, I think dead, but possibly busy being dead. Yeah, so... No, no, I wanted to talk... It's been a great week for people who are subterranean. <laughs> Terry Peck, there are others. I want to talk about... Um, I want to talk about... And, uh, for, um, our British listeners will know all about this. Our American listeners are going to probably find it quite confusing. But the... Um, As is so often the way. Yeah. But the... How basically ITV did what um, many, many... Uh, our whole political media ecosystem, which is designed to not do this kind of thing, could not do which is it what? created the political space to exonerate a bunch of people who were essentially uh, postmasters, people who worked in the post office, who were essentially falsely implicated for relatively petty theft uh, by faults in outsourced accounting software provided by Fujitsu. It wasn't even yeah. necessarily petty theft. Like, in some cases, it was like tens of thousands of pounds. Like, people went to yeah. prison over this. My, um, my dad's a postman, well, because when we owned a newsagent, or mm. when we had, like, a convenience store, there was a post office with it. And, like, I do want to say that, like, the actual security of the post office, like, that is, it's, it, it feels very petty and feels very, very British, I guess, to people who sort of just use the post office to send mail. But, like, mm. if you, like, work in a post office, like, that stuff is really serious to the degree that, like, money well, has to be- Because they do, like, benefits and stuff. Money and... has to be checked, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. all the time. yeah. Like we used to check it like multiple times a day. Like the glass behind the post office, like are bulletproof for a particular for a reason. Yeah, every people hate every, the post. Every yeah, month, like a guy, Dave ev- Courtney back in the day used to like what his ilk, right? Used to knock over post offices all the time for this reason. Every month, like a guy would come in, like dressed in. Alice, you probably like know the actual like details of this, but like like a militarized policeman, but carrying a suitcase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and, yeah, like and that would be guy, there yeah. just to sort of count the money. Mm. And if you were like ten pounds or twenty pounds short, like that would be a serious fucking deal. Yeah, British Paulie Walnuts would come round and be like, "The fucking bag is light." Yeah, one thing that's like, yeah, what, what's emerged from this is that the post office is this like insane, like uh, sort of secret police having institution. Uh, mm. That is like able and willing, absolutely willing to like ruin your life over nothing. Mm. Well, I remember like when I was younger, we had someone who worked in the post office who was like stealing cash, mm. and mm. it became this really serious deal because like we would sort of see these inconsistencies all the time, and so much so that like I think that my parents were sort of threatened with like some sort of legal action because they were like, oh, for the past month, like your tills have been short by like fifty pound. Um, and they just sort of found through like a security camera, like just by chance, that oh, all this person who had been working there had been like pocketing like, you know, five pounds. Like it was really minor stuff, but it was just like, oh, okay, they like, this is very much like Gestapo type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And there are lots of ways that you can sort of, in the news agent business, like you can do lots of creative accounting with cash, but you can't do that at a post office. And so that's, that, yeah, that's the context of, uh, for, for like American listeners who may not understand like what the post office yeah, so it's kind actually of like a, is. It's like a future, well, there's your problem episode, but like, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the post office, they have their own investigations, they can bring their own prosecutions, and they like uh, absolutely destroyed the lives of a bunch of postmasters. Uh, who were like these, you know, people who had like had franchised a post office to keep in their shop. Well, obviously, American listeners may be confused by the idea of the British post office having a secret police because the American post office has a regular police. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's somewhat even less accountable. Um, and and we're we're definitely like, we are sort of glossing over some of the details here. But the reason I wanted to talk about it is that the story being the story that that is being told, right, is that it's all centered around this. Quite crappy IT system. Mm. The Horizon, post, that was yeah. in yeah. Britain. That was a crappy in. IT system <laughs> that causes problems. It was brought in under PFI in the nineties under Major, turbocharged under New Labour. Where have I heard that um, that story before? Mm. And then Magnum PFI. It's a guy <laughs> with a moustache who's putting a shit IT system into your company. <laughs> but, and the stated goal, right? Because you said you mentioned that's like not post offices also do things like benefits. This was also to reduce welfare fraud. Of course, this, yeah. Of course, everything the government does has to be to reduce benefit fraud. So all and, of this was like, taken in. All IT in, in the UK is like ultimately, like in the public sector, is built on whichever PFI thing happened under Major or Blair. 
to like make it more modern, you know, and it's just stacked on top of that. Yeah, imagine if you will a computer that has the power of life or death over you, and it runs on something called Acorn. <laughs> um, ben, well, and what the reason I talk about that though, right, is that's what that was Blair's vision, right? Was we are just going to bring in computer systems that we are going to rely on. Mm. We're going to do it on the cheap, and we're going to do it without like we are going to do it shittily, and then we are just gonna and we are we're just gonna let it fuck up, right? And we are now talking up to like you know, we're now talking to a health secretary uh, or we are now looking at a future health secretary just for example just for one example of an incoming labor government who says oh yeah we should let chat gpt do everything right yeah so this is this is going to happen again it's going to happen worse and it's going to happen with a hastily installed and poorly thought out ai system that no one can even understand because what they had to do with horizon was actively lie about how poorly it worked, right? And actually serve to try and conceal that and have like IT experts and lawyers, uh, you know, get up and lie about it. Whereas if you do this with AI, the whole point of AI is to be like completely illegible to anyone. And so you can just mm -hmm. say the same thing with a straight face of like, well, no one else is having any problems and you can't prove that there's anything wrong with the system as it yeah. destroys someone else for nothing. Well, yeah, because no one understands the system exactly. of AI. Yeah. Well, no, it's because it's what you what you are is you're a priest now trying to translate the voice of God, and the yeah. voice of God said to kill that guy. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. God hates you. You know, it's like yeah, when someone gets struck by lightning, and you're just like, well, I guess God hates them. Well, th and that's that's the other funny thing, right? About relying on large language models for um for more like actual important stuff. Because I follow one of the like one of the groups of people I follow on Twitter who I'm most interested in are like people who work in the AI industry who are using large language models all the time, and those people love to complain. They love complaining. Mm. And what I always find whatever they're complaining about is the most interesting thing at any given time. And right now, it's that ChatGPT has decided it doesn't want to work anymore. <laughs> what? It's quite quick. No one wants to work anymore. Well, it, it is a Gen Z at the end of the oh, day, oh, ChatGPT. Oh, I have to say, of all the capricious things that ChatGPT could develop, laziness is probably one of the more advantageous. Well, because it just I care not for your questions about marketing. <laughs> it just it just imitates people. Yeah. And it learns how to imitate people. And people are and then if you're doing an email or coding job, people who do those jobs are very good at answering requests for work in ways that bounce the request for work back at the requester. Yeah. I grow weary of your asinine requests for artwork of a of an XL bully wearing a poppy in front of the senator. <laughs> I mean, the real the real grey goo moment here is not that like our most abiding characteristic turns out to be laziness. It's that if we then give ChatGPT the ability to create another generative intelligence, it can like defer shit onto, and we yeah, just end yeah, up yeah. using an infinite amount of computing power bouncing. Please generate an XL bully wearing a kefir and a poppy mm. in front of the cenotaph, back and forth between all of them, between infinite language models, just being like, "Why don't you do it?" Yeah. <laughs> well, no, this is literally what's happening. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to put in one prompt <laughs> that destroys AI forever. So I, I'm looking at like at people complaining on the um, on the community forum post on OpenAI forums, mm. and one guy says, "There's definitely been a shift over the last several months." The first response to prompts uh, late, seems to lately lean towards, here's how you can do it, rather than doing the work. Here's an, <laughs> here's an example. ChatGPT, please adapt the, these changes to the specific part of these like you know, um, code blocks, and so on. Since I can only see a small part of the code, these instructions are somewhat general. You need to apply them to the appropriate section of your code base. And then he, the person goes on to say, that code visibility excuse is just an excuse. I already uploaded the files. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's just doing this thing where like... It's loafing! Yeah, eventually, right, there will come a moment where we keep using AI for absolute bullshit. And I, I type in, you know, please uh, generate a photo of, you know, a Hamas guy firing an RPG full of dildos at Joe Biden. And it just breaks everything. It just catastrophically ends the whole thing. So it's like says. it gives you a bunch of instructions on how you could draw a yeah, picture exactly. of a guy with a mass firing dildos. <laughs> it at Joe it Biden. gives you fucking like um, a Bob Ross instructions. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Basic drawing instructions. Well, you want to start by coloring in the bits that are dark, but not the bits that are light. <laughs> it says uh, another person says, 
ChatGPT is now officially annoying. You ask it to generate 100 entities, then it will generate 10 and says, I generated 10, now continue by yourself. <laughs> I changed the prompt to say, I will not accept fewer than 100 entities. It generates 20 and says, I stopped generating after 20 because generating 100 such entities would be expensive and time consuming. <laughs> so I don't wanna. This is yeah. awesome. That's so cool. We like We made a... We made a real guy. Yeah, I, yeah. I, and I'm going to teach that guy what emotional labor is. <laughs> That's right. I was yeah. going to say, it is going to lead to that point where like, it will eventually just sort of resent everything. And so every time you ask it something, it will just be like, this is too much emotional labor for me. Mm. Uh, It'll just reply with a number of spoons. Yeah. This is a toxic work <laughs> environment. Yeah. But that's, 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 I just think that's like perfect, right? This is because this is what happens when you turn a complex... It's, it might be useful to think about the difference between complicated and complex. Mm. So a car is complicated, right? Which means if you, there are, so that inputs and outputs have defined predictable relationships to one another, even if there are many steps in between. If you press on the accelerator, you will, your car will accelerate in proportion to how hard you press on the accelerator unless it's a Tesla. Right. <laughs> that 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 is a complicated. In which case, it will explode according <laughs> to how hard you press on the accelerator. <laughs> this, and that's just, a complicated yeah. machine, not a complex one. A complex machine has multiple interacting systems that interact unpredictably, and it can generate emergent properties. So a human brain is complex rather than just complicated. Mm. And the one thing you can say about large language models is that they are sufficiently large and have enough parameters that interact in unpredictable ways. And I'm not saying it's like a human brain, but I'm saying it's more complex than it's complicated. And I think a lot of people, some people like the incoming labor government who have you could put a lot of credence in AI to like run public services. And by the way, there's an IPPR report that says it spells out how Labour probably will do this that we're going to read in an upcoming episode. I mean, look, to be fair, in the new Labour bunch, right, the guy who's the biggest fan of AI is Wes Streeting. And compared to Wes Streeting, AI is pretty smart. <laughs> <laughs> I was also going to say that like, in if, if the idea is that you want to elevate AI to become a god, then they've effectively done that because like, one of the things that you learn in a religion is that, well, you can ask God for stuff, but God won't sort of provide those things for you. You sort of, you sort of do have to kind of put in the work. God will guide you to that point. Mm. And in that way, it's like, yeah, if you ask God, can I have a picture of um, an XL bully uh, barking and firing out 100 dildos at Joe Biden? Um, and then yeah. God is like, is he wearing a kefir? And you're like, yes. And he's like, well, in that case. And then God says, oh, I will break yeah, the images of humans rule one time. That's a bad, that's a, yeah, that was, that was a bad example, actually. Like, they would totally do that. But yeah, like, congratulations. Uh, ChatGTBT is God in the sense that like, God can only guide you to that point, but you do have to shade in the dark and light yourself. Mm. Because you're paint by numbers picture of Joe Biden getting a dildo fired at him by an XL bully. That's the important part. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Before we go on to the to the startup, um, I want to go back to the post office item just because Alice, you found probably the best paragraph written yeah. in British press yeah, of the so, year. So, so, far. so our boy Tim Stanley. Um, yeah, Mister yeah. Mister Too Damn Laughed At by Builders. Yes, you uh, go to all the trouble to wear a bow tie in Britain. You just get laughed at by builders. Um, Chat GPT won't even generate you a picture of Tim Stanley wearing nothing but a bow tie being laughed at by XL bullies wearing keffiers anymore. <laughs> Come on, wearing hard hats. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hard keffiers. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Alright. Uh, I have I have his um, a, a clip of his article. We're not yeah, going to read the whole there's thing. A whole, there's a whole thing in, in uh, the Telegraph, most of which is quite boring, but the bit that the Telegraph pulled to advertise this kind of... So hmm. good. Yes. So I will read. So this is about this ITV drama, Mr. Bates versus the Post Office. It says, The government and Labour have both praised the ITV drama, Mr. Bates versus the Post Office, which seems to have galvanized popular opinion. Again, everyone ignored it until the ITV drama came out. This is what I have found insane, because like this, the, the big court case which the Post Office lost about this, where it turned out that you know all these people were falsely imprisoned, all this stuff, happened years ago. And it was in the news at the time. Yeah. It was. It's an easy political win. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, this this hurts nobody but an obvious bad guy who can take the hit, and it's just. And it is. It was decided in court. It's. It's. It shows. I think sort of some of the baffling scleroticism and navel gazing. But I want to read this paragraph. The British government will not respond to anything unless it has Maxime Peake in it, and that's the rule. <laughs> it's it a bittersweet moment. moment. He said. Said the SNP's Marion Fellows. I'm told that the last the time it was Marian debated, fellows up there. I'm told that the last time it was debated, the chamber was sparsely attended. 
On this occasion, the Tory benches were near full, and about 30 Labour MPs dragged themselves away from Dindins to have their say. The common schedule, this isn't the good part yet. The common schedule, having run into the evening, due to an earlier, very long ding-ding about Israel. That's also not the funny Right line. normal. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay. Would you like to see my very long ding ding? <laughs> my my long ding ding about Israel out the back out the back of the House of Lords. Dropped like my officer Shane's very long ding ding. Dropped my early day motion, which I use for my magnum ding ding. <laughs> I love it. One of like the few hereditary peers left just wants to show you his long ding ding. <laughs> That's actually more like an appointed uh, peer. I feel like the hereditary peer would be like, no, let's look at the legislation. <laughs> so. The Gaza statement has been had been packed to the rafters with lefties. Of course, I'll never understand the left's obsession with injustices committed overseas in preferences to the outrages being perpetrated by our own state against our own people. Uh-huh. Had one of the post offices been located on the West Bank or the counter of a W.H. Smith in East Timor, the scandal would have been a socialist <laughs> cause. Left. I tell you what, there fucking is a W.H. Smith in East Timor. If I've learned anything from traveling the world and going to hundreds of airports, there's a W.H. Smith fucking everywhere. <laughs> yeah. been, if only we, if only Mr. Bates had lived there's in... There's a W.H. Smith on a secret a U.S. Green Beret base in East Timor. That is, its location has been revealed by Strava data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can buy a huge Toblerone there. I mean, to, to be fair, right. to be fair, he has got our asses on this one, right? Because we never mentioned the post office stuff, even though it's like it's very tech. And the reason why is because we keep thinking that like children getting blown apart by bombs is more serious than it, which is you know terrible of us to think that. Yeah, I feel like the the big court verdict came like peak COVID. Mm-hmm. I seem to recall. But also, he then goes on to say John Pilger would have made a film about it. John Pilger is dead. Yeah, he was killed he by this recently. column. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, anyway, <laughs> he, di- anyway. he died considering the East Timor W. H. Smith. You know, that's right. He-, he died wondering what to get for the flight from East Timor. <laughs> he was murdered by the post office so that he couldn't make a film about it. There you go. Plausible, yeah. I'm looking at like some of the sort of articles. There are like admittedly there aren't like many talking about the post office thing. Most of the stuff that I read about it was like in the back pages of Private Eye. But like there were two panoramas that were made in 2020 um, about it. There were like articles in you know some of the articles in the Telegraph. There were like articles in like most places. The the issue was like the the, the criticism was not this wasn't covered, but it was more like there are places that actually sort of persisted on the story and others that sort of like faded away. And the ones, the examples that were given as like people who were sort of looking into the post office scandal were Computer Weekly and uh, Private Eye, like those being the main ones that were actually sort of continuing to look at that scandal. Because you can't fold this into culture war, Mm, basically. Well, it's also just like, you know, again, this is very much like very boring, like journalism economics, which is you can't also really do this if like, you've kind of fired anyone who sort of does local beat reporting, replace them with like people who sit at a desk doing computer news or like doing stuff that they see, like making articles about stuff that they see on Twitter and then deciding that like everything has to sort of be linked to cultural stuff if you are going to like keep this paper afloat. I'm sure Computer Weekly is a worthy publication, but it is like a guy who's in a simulation ass publication to subscribe to like, ah, what's going on in the world of computer this week? (laughs) So the Matrix or Computer World. Mm. I want I want to do a quick startup. It's a swift one. Mm-hmm. And it's the Consumer Electronics Show. So it's a season one type of startup. Oh, okay. It is like recording in my old flat level of season one kind of startup. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, we're looking at some dripping custard. I'm going to like recuse myself. We're going to bring back Charlie Palmer. Yeah. That's right. Well, you can just uh, channel Charlie Palmer yeah. if you like. Okay. Uh, so you say something like, uh, uh, hello. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm always saying things like yeah. that. Always <laughs> muttering and then saying hello. Yeah, it was one of the things that I did when I when I came on the recording. You know, uh-huh. you can say, "Is it?" <laughs> That's a really good Charlie Palmer. I've known him a long time. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So look, look. It's I've. This has been. I'm hoping you haven't seen this because like all of the goofy shit from CES always gets all over Twitter. This is the one I wanted to choose because it's really dumb. Mm-hmm. It's the Barracuda Bee Mind. Didn't he used to be president? That, I, I had like a, sorry, a small stroke there. <laughs> yeah. The Barracuda. Barracuda Bee Mind. And it's not a Valentine to a Barracuda. Singing this to, my, to the tune of my Coney Island babe. <laughs> Barracuda, uh, Barracuda Bee Mind I don't know, sounds like... This is like... like fear, uncertainty, and doubt is happening to me. Like, you've, you've said something that's sa- like, 
I accept that it has the form of words, but somehow they just mm. like glide off of my brain. Don't worry, I'll help you. Drake voice, she got that Barracuda B mind. Together, <laughs> let's create daily products for a healthier tomorrow. Yeah, Elon Musk doesn't want me to know that his dad operated a B mine in Angola. That's right. Where, well, where do you think bees come from? <laughs> yeah, he, that, no, they released the Africanized honeybees. Mm. Uh, it says, together, let's create daily products for healthy tomorrow. Our vision extends far beyond simply designing connected objects. We create smart and enduring practices. That doesn't mean anything. Of, you can get all of the like. You can buy a sports bra on Amazon, and that's in the description of it. Like ChatGPT is getting lazy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> Instead of inventing gadgets, we upgrade everyday products to empower people to take preventative healthcare into their own hands. Our products change the way people think about oral hygiene, skin health, weight, beauty, and more. That's right. The bathroom is our focus. <laughs> <laughs> well, Julie Burchill. <laughs> Uh, so, so I've made the mind of a bee. <laughs> it's a bee that tells you if you're healthy or not. It, it fly. It lives in a little honey jar in your bathroom, and then you let it out, and it comes out, and it says, "Too fat, too fat, Fucking and you're a man." Turf Barry B Benson from B Movie. Um, well, I'm a, I'm a regular bee, but I'm a turf. What a, what a, women can't be bees. <laughs> is, is that true? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> they're sticking on a stinger, but they're not fooling anyone. <laughs> you can't come in the hive looking like that. A bee can't have breasts. We, need, we, we got a fuzzy thorax. We need to put this motherfucker back in the mine. <laughs> Look, it's basic biology. Okay, that's right. That is Look, right. Our innovation strategy centers around the what one of the main rooms in the house dedicated to preventative health care, the bathroom. That is one of the main rooms in the house. Yeah. I'll say that. It takes data. Is it yeah. like takes like a toilet seat that takes data of your yeah. poo or something yeah. like that? Shitting, for example, prevents you from exploding. Yeah. I think it is something. To, I think it's probably something to do with like analyzing your shit. Yeah. No. Ah. It's not the Jillian McKeith thing. Okay. In this space, we groom, clean, monitor, beautify, and we heal with our AI of things platform, technological AI expertise, of things. and complex oh, algorithms. Well, they just, they just did a find and replace for internet with AI. We help companies innovate to empower their users to improve daily habits. It records how many times you jack off. So, what is the B-Mind? Bathroom? It's a, it's a reasonable place. I, yeah, it's a reasonable place to depending jack Depending on your living a, situation. In a bathroom. I suppose that's where would you, true. What, what do you mean? Where would, <laughs> God, it's called the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. I'm, of I'm like genuinely very confused right now. Like, I it, prefer the boot room how, myself. How is, the, how is the bathroom like a weird place to jack I, off? I, I mean... <laughs> Is this like a cultural thing? Wait, sure, you're allowed maybe. to jack off? Yeah. yeah. But, well, that's, no, that's no, a side. I'm with you. I think whether that you're bar, allowed to or not is a separate issue. Maybe, maybe I'm weird on what this. What I'm saying is that the bathroom is a reasonable place to do it. Maybe that, that's why those Shabbat yeah. guys dug those tunnels. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I maybe. don't know. I mean, like, maybe, to like, to, in, in, to in. Get to their shared goon cave. Okay, the thing is, if you just say in the bathroom, right, that doesn't suggest to me, like, in a bath, normal. In the shower, normal. But, like, the bathroom, absent one uh, of those two things, it, just implies to me, like, you, you're, you're just, like, standing in the bathroom, jacking it, which is perverse. If you're in a, if you're in a bath, is fine for a woman, <laughs> but I feel like for a man, it's hazardous. You're going to create a kind of, like, calm omelette, and <laughs> no one wants that. <laughs> What is the bee mind? <laughs> Sorry, can we just check if we have, do we have a carbon monoxide detector? Are there simultaneous carbon monoxide yeah, leaks? I, I don't know. Maybe maybe the AI stuff is like a cognito hazard. I don't yeah. know. It's a new Zencaster feature. I feel like I'm going insane right now. <laughs> standing this up in front of the toilet, jacking off it. <laughs> yeah, straight like, into the toilet. Like whistling like you're peeing. Yeah. yeah. I have unfortunately come across more than one person doing that. What? Yeah, that's why I was like, this is a normal, like, this is not a public bathroom. Have you come across someone jacking off into a urinal in a public bathroom? Not in a urinal, in a. Kent. All I can say is Kent. I went into a prep 
one time what? a few years ago. Oh, I went, not okay. I went, and I, and the sanctity I went, of prayer. Now, look, look, look. To, there are several issues at hand. Uh -huh. Should you do it in a public bathroom? No. Uh -huh. But what I'm talking about is the bathroom as a place to do it as a general concept. I don't think that's insane. And the no. fact that people are telling me in this room that that's an insane place to do it is making me feel like I'm going no, insane. No, private bathroom, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, Pret, yeah. Pret, it's only acceptable if you've got the membership. Then they let you do <laughs> it. Right. Okay, okay. All, All right. right, Mr. Strokes goes to Washington. Let's move on. <laughs> We're going to need you to like vote on this. Is it acceptable to jerk off in a bathroom? <laughs> not a public one. No, no yeah, not private, a private, private not a public bathroom. One, like just your own in, bathroom. Yeah, just as a general conceptual thing. Yeah. If you don't have kids and everyone's fine with what you're doing, it's fine to jack off in any room in your house. Yeah, I know that, but like not... <laughs> if you don't have kids. What, what if you have kids, but they're not at home? <laughs> Refusing to jack off. What if you have kids, but they don't want to see you? Sandra's got them. I'm not... I'm not no, none of this like moral equivocation bullshit, right? Like, I don't need to know whether it's like acceptable. I don't know. Is it weird or not if you jack off in a bathroom? Assuming no audience, it's a private bathroom. Once you've had one child, you're never allowed to come again, which is why everyone who has more than one child is a pedophile or a liar. Um, oh, don't shut I, 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 Yeah, I think jacking off in your own bathroom is fine. What is the bee mind? <laughs> Answer me, <laughs> goddammit. <what? laughs> the yes mind of a no? bee is unknowable, Riley. <laughs> Managing stress, soothing anxiety, and reducing insomnia all require an ally that helps people maintain a positive mindset and encourages a proactive approach to wellness. It's an assistant. It's a Catch virtual it? assistant that encourages you while you go to the toilet. That is basically it. Oh, cool. Okay. Oh. Shit for it's, me, it's, baby. It's, 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 your toilet, it's your toilet waifu? Just the telling you to like, coach. you know. Yeah. Shit for me, senpai. <laughs> yeah, you've got so, a work coach, you've got a life coach, shit coach. Unlike phone-based apps, BeMind seamlessly fits into everyone's bathroom, allowing users to elevate their mental state and select recommended exercise and activities to help with their moods. Be mine. <laughs> Me absolutely <laughs> battling through shit and having to sack my shit coach halfway through because it's just going nowhere. And then, cut and, me, and then Sam Allardyce <laughs> mournfully comes in, swishing his coat against the wind and rain. Jack jacking off in your private <laughs> toilet that you have in your own house yeah. only for your B-Mind coach to be like, would you rather go for a run instead? Isn't that a more normal so, thing to so do? So B-Mind isn't the toilet, it's your mirror. It's an AI-enabled mirror. You can't put... What? That helps with your mental health. Uh, okay, but I think if you're jacking off in front of that, you might have autogynophilia. <laughs> the one person who actually has it. <laughs> BeMind gathers information without any invasive technology and helps users incorporate mindfulness practices into their daily routines or even curb feelings of loneliness, and this is my favorite part of this paragraph, through an immersive experience of light, sound, and visuals. I, I mean, listen... Um, I. The mirror that gasses you up a bit, I'm in favor of that. I think that would probably like benefit my mental health, right? It could reassure me, it could say things like, you're, you're not insane, it is weird to jack off in here. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your your <laughs> colleagues are the ones who are insane. <laughs> your Sean Connery impression's not that bad. Things of this nature. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's not so, that bad. What if your mirror does a better Sean Connery impression than you? I'd it's kill very myself. Funny. <laughs> Imagining you being insecure about your Sean Connery impression I is so funny. I do a James Bond podcast for what? In a, in, a, in a million years, if I had to guess a thing you were insecure about, I would not have got there. It's a long list. <laughs> so, if you're basically, if you're having a bad day, the mirror will encourage you to practice mindfulness. Just Undertale shit, you know? Despite everything, it's still you. <laughs> BeMind is powered by generative AI for conversation and coaching experiences, as well as natural language well, so, processing so, for so sentiment now, analysis. Because ChatGPT is lazy, it won't do shit. Like, I, I'll be on the toilet, like, shitting, like, having terrible IBS, and my shit coach will be like, you know, I, I give up. You know, I, I don't even Jeez. bother with you. You're uncoachable. Yeah. Seems, seems like you're having IBS. <laughs> Have you considered cutting there in carbonated drink shot of your diet? Dutch Sean Connery. Yeah, that, that's right. I'm Dutch Sean Connery. I'm I'm exactly the same amount of racist. <laughs> but my shoes are much less flexible. <clears throat> it identifies different sentiments and adapts to the user's mood by providing light therapy sessions and auto-generated mindfulness exercises such as meditation and self-affirmation. Do, do we do we mean light therapy sessions or light therapy sessions? Like I, I mean, it would be very funny if it was like light therapy sessions, but no. <laughs> just, it just will turns the yeah. spotlight on you, you know? 
Yeah, it, like light therapy is like, how do you feel about your mother? Keep it general. I, I don't got all day. It looks like you're jacking in off three in there. words. The flashbulb comes on, you know? What are you jacking off to? Let's get into that. Yeah. Um, through the KROS interface, which, by the way, just leads to a dead web page. Okay. BeMind harnesses cutting-edge AI and utilizes computer vision and large language models to interpret expressions, gestures, and language. So... Basically, it gathers information about you anytime you're in your bathroom, quote-unquote, without any invasive technology, except, like, a million sensors and microphones that are listening to you poo. Uh Yeah, the vaping detector. Yeah, Yeah, we put a vaping detector in every bathroom. We love bathroom technology. I'm not vaping, I just shit hard. (laughs) It produces a a, a miasma. (laughs) The the savory shit miasma. You're just like, yeah, I just ate a bunch of, like, tapenade. All of the vapes have to be that flavor now, <laughs> due to a new ruling. So, the, the company claims, of course, this information never shared with any third party. And they say, the CareOS platform claims to be the first smart health and beauty app for devices and services in your bathroom. Uh-huh. Uh, so, this operating system enables manufacturers to create and power smart mirrors faster than ever before, and turn any screen into a smart mirror. It also allows third-party providers to connect their applications for display within the mirror's interface. Among 40 providers are compatible with CareOS. And we partner with an AI-powered coach that crafts bespoke programs for personalized self-improvement and in- inclusive brains, a proprietary combination of generative <laughs> AI and neurophysiology. Inclusive She's she giving me brains. inclusive brain. I, it's, mm. Leave me alone, you know, in the bathroom. I, I don't need any help in there at this time in my life, yeah. thankfully. It's between me and God. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Again, if this thing takes off, which it won't... Um, the idea that you you can have apps for your mirror, and very soon it's just going to be it, all internet, all all device enabled advertising centers on one point. <laughs> just look in the mirror, which is, and it does that shitty Twitter thing of like, here's what it would look like if you were black or Chinese, <laughs> <laughs> or or it just like advertises you like top war in your mirror. <laughs> mm, great, we are under fucking attack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Uh, I, that's that's the Barracuda. All, all that exists about it is a press release. But this this has wh- felt yeah. hallucinogenic. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. you're so welcome. Um, yeah, it, it it was that was a weird segment, but we all enjoyed it. So, main body, welcome to an election year. Yep. Um, we we are now going to forecast everything that's going to happen this year with a 100 percent accuracy rate. That's right. Triumphant return of Lembit Opic. <laughs> Mark it on the board. <laughs> so, Who'd have guessed? Well, like Ed Davey is like kind of close mm. to sort of being ousted out anyway. So mm. it was the post office thing. Yeah. So like the return yeah. of Lembit Opic, I think, actually is <laughs> there's like a non-zero chance. There of is that. a weird <laughs> other Lib Dem detail here, which is that the post office minister for a lot of it was Joe Swinson. They were in the Swin zone. The one lasting impact she had on British government was this. Yeah, a lot of people were put in the swin bin, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, right, one of the sort of uh, clarion cries you can hear from columnists, people writing, um, again, FT's opinion section. FT, love the FT, terrible opinion section. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is that they say, ah, perfect, liberalism is back on the rise, British politics will become boring again, we finally have two quote-unquote centrist parties, uh, so it's sensible still solutions fucking boring, back dude. on the menu. Come on. Um, it never stopped being boring. But boring to them. Right. Yeah. You know, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be two people arguing about whose tungsten tax goes too far and whose tungsten tax doesn't go far enough. Mm. Tungsten tax, on the other hand, is a US congressman. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, this is I, I think this is probably uh wrong headed, mm. right? Because and, and I'm gonna use sort of two speeches, uh two recent political speeches to sort of illustrate why that is. But first, I actually wanted to talk about another piece of news that I think is going to be more relevant to the election and subsequent um, government than anything else, Mm. which is that the UK has decided to ease rules, or it may ease rules, on council asset sales to curb Section 114 bankruptcy notice. Yeah, they're going to let them sell everything rather than go bankrupt like Thurrock just did. I mean, or, or, or Birmingham. Or rather than borrow a single pound sell the children of the town why not yeah i mean if you do any sort of municipal services i hope you enjoyed doing them outside because those buildings are assets and will therefore be sold to any i mean real like 1992 russia vibes like this isn't doxing. Alice, come on. No one's buying those buildings. They're made out of polystyrene. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like not it's not doxing us to say the studios in hackney right yes uh, it's not yes mm. it's <laughs> Okay, so if we went down to the, like, 
not Hackney, uh, like Borough Hall. Oh, sorry, yes, it is not doxing us to say that we're in Hackney. You, you have selected yeah. you, meaning me. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. so, 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 yeah. You're doing violence against us, Alice, by saying we're in Hackney. But like, yeah, there could be an angry mob outside with pitchforks right. before the episode is out. That's right. But so- Sox House meeting <laughs> is waiting to document us coming out of the mm-hmm, out of the mm-hmm. studio to call us Lengy Gordon. Uh, the the, the <laughs> A right. Fab observation post. Um, but yeah, if we took all of the like uh, microphones and mixers and shit, and we went down mm. to like Hackney. I guess it's City Hall, and gave them yeah. a crisp five pound note. They would be obliged under this to like let us in and like move the studio into their offices. Yeah, and we, we should. Do I that. could finally. I could sit where the speaker of the Hackney Council sits. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we would we would also continue to do weddings. <laughs> <laughs> a lucrative, a lucrative side hustle. You can buy the bin lorry off the bin man and make them continue on foot. Yeah, I, I, I think I should. New, I needed a new car. My new car is now the bin lorry. Yeah, there we go. I, I, I'm thinking I should get to do like a grace and favor thing. I want to be mayor of Hackney. You know, like you get to run into me at like fireworks stuff in November. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you should get to wear like one of those kind of Admiral Nelson type hats. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Like elected unopposed completely. No one knows who I am, but yeah. I am technically yeah. mayor. <laughs> and, and and the like rapper jewelry that mayors get to wear. <laughs> that. yeah. That's maybe the funniest thing you should call. <laughs> yeah, rappers just, love wearing a ceremonial gold chain that just says mayor on it <laughs> that is basically what they wear <laughs> it's so weird i met the mayor of herringay who is 22 years old he is the baby mayor it's so of cool my that london has like, and he is a drill rapper london has like what one mayor and then 17 bullshit mayors and i want to be one of the like fake mayors so badly yeah. But you want to you want to be like <laughs> fake mayor bumper sticker. You want to <laughs> shut the fuck up or I'll come back there and convene your council meeting. <laughs> you want to be the Eric Adams of London and be like Hackney Borough President. I, I can be Borough President of Hackney without living in Hackney. I'm pretty sure. I had a meeting with the mayor and he just fucked me. What Sadiq Khan? No, it was some other guy. Ah, oh, you had the fake mayor. That's why he he does fuck people. That's why he's the fake mayor. Never get in the bin lorry with the fake mayor. I guess, I guess London has two real mayors because there's a Lord Mayor mm. as well. What a oh yeah, what like the financial mayor. City. The mayor mm. of the money. Yeah. So basically, this is like, yeah, the Monopoly it'll, man. <laughs> it'll, it'll unlock 23 billion pounds to stabilize the budgets of local government authorities but they're going to sell all their shit. Mm. Yeah, it's like saying, I oh, will unlock £500,000 by selling my house and spending all the money on a Maserati. Like, well, technically, yes. <laughs> but then what are you going to do next time you run out of money? Because you can, again, like with so many so many privatizations of public assets, especially when public, public bodies aren't allowed to take on debt, you can do that one time. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's also, I always think, a very simple razor to ask if it's such a good idea for the council to like sell off its building and rent it back or whatever the fuck they're going to do. Why is another company on the other end of that transaction taking that deal? Mm. Why? Why are they agreeing to buy this and rent it back to the council if it's such a great deal for the council to sell it and rent it back? Answer: It's a bad fucking deal. Yeah. Why, why? Why does a podcast own Hackney City Hall now? <laughs> yeah. And and that's the thing, right? That what has I think made boring, quote unquote, boring politics impossible or impossible for most normal people to accept is that is that the fight to make politics boring again being waged for the people who ultimately won it at the top was being undermined at every turn by the fact that policy can't really touch your life if the way policy touches your life only the fake policy can which do is that. mostly for most people through local service provision. Bin lorries, schools. Oh, well, it's, it's fine. You can do like some that. of that through the post office. Oh, yeah. No oh, beans, right? So if we're if we're saying again, all right, councils are now going bankrupt in in England at an alarming rate. Mm. Like several more. Like Nottingham is now Which, on the verge fair, of bankruptcy. Any as well. is an alarming rate, but this is yes. a really alarming rate. Well, they were yeah. too profligate with the bins. You know, there were too many bins being yeah. collected. You know, uh, we one have bin platinum bins a year. In my... One bin collection a year. That's, That's what right. we should all It's aim one at. really big bin. <laughs> and you just fill it up over the stuff at the bottom. It's fossilized. <laughs> Doesn't even smell anymore. You, you can yeah. get this effect by living in Glasgow. You'd have one big bin and bring together all like the diverse communities. Uh, it'd be a mm. perfect way to like for young people to meet each other. 
Uh, mm-hmm. and to have a huge bin man like the Iron Giant, <laughs> like a bin Gundam. We're thinking as a, a kind of like bin Acropolis. Mm. Uh, yeah, like the, the center of the town. Ta- the center of the town. It could where have everyone like, yeah. gathers. Bin, the big bin, bin Nevis, the it, giant bin. It could have like a like a you know a, it could have like a big foundation, maybe square, and as you like, it sort of like narrows towards the top. Mm. Perfect. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I like um, that. Yeah, but uh, but basically, right. This is. This is one of the things that's going to happen is services for most people. And I don't like to think like this, but that's how pundits think. People in electorally potent areas are going to be like, sorry, you don't have, there's no school here anymore because it's now like a circo center of excellence. Mm. And for some sorry. reason, it just sells like Chisos for like 10 yeah. pounds mm. a bag. Exactly. Don't but- like it. There's a giant bin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and on the other side, the other policy I want to get into before we talk about the speeches is that, um, you know, it, again, recently released documents from the Department for Transport have indicated that, like, um, uh, officials have allowed shifts in transport policy to favor cars due to uh, fears about loss of freedom of movement in 15-minute cities. Oh, these fucking so, idiots. I mean, go go back and listen to the episodes we've done with Annie Kelly about 15-minute cities. Yeah. But, like, I, I, again, like of being a dog that allows yourself to be like wagged by the tail here yeah yeah Yeah. and so these are already be be the xl bully to that (laughs) dog so so these are already things that are happening right all the councils are like basically selling blood and plasma of council employees Mm. and and ministers are running so scared of like the facebook right that they're beginning to like allow comments by like you know, based Patricia to influence policy. Based Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's punished Patricia. I'm really worried about <laughs> that. Like this, that, that 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 I think this will shed some light on the speeches. So the first is this is a speech from Reform, uh, which is of course the replacement Brexit party, and they're sort of teasing is Nigel Farage going to lead us? This is Richard Tice. He says I'm not a poker player, but I know that a good poker player doesn't show their hand too early. Nigel is a master of political timing. But I'm very clear, timing as to whether he will come back to lead the party. But I'm very clear, the job at hand is so big, to save Britain, the more help that Nigel is able to give in the election campaign, frankly, the better, because the crisis facing the country is really, really serious. Nigel Farage, you've fucking done enough, cunt. We do not need more of Nigel Farage's well, guess what? help. He, be- he, because of, didn't even need Have I Got News For You to become just a famous guy. Yeah, that's his, yeah. like, power level. He didn't need the Boris yeah. leg up. Yeah. He's just a mm. famous guy now, right? Yeah. So he's the o- and he's the only famous guy. He's the only one who has who uh, who who wants to excite the people he's talking to. It's a, yeah, it's like it's amazing to me because it's all of the things Nigel Farage is complaining about are things he has directly contributed to, <laughs> like wittingly or otherwise. Like he has very much done a huge amount of the legwork in creating the current circumstances in which we exist. So he's Tice says the Tories are terrified of reform and they've already ruled out making any deals with Conservative MPs to not stand in competitive seats before the next election, saying. You have all broken Britain. You're all responsible. And so there's no special deal. We will stand in every single seat in England, Scotland, and Wales, which means that the Tories know. Not Northern Ireland. They're scared of the Northern Irish. They're like, we're not even going to try our shit over there. (laughs) He said that under the Conservatives, everything is getting worse with disastrous outcomes and public services, despite record levels of spending. Britain is facing an absolute cocktail of catastrophic incompetence. Further warning that Britain now faces... Milo, hold on to something. Starbergeddon. Under a Labour government. <laughs> I think it's unfair to say that we're facing Starmageddon. Whilst I did enjoy the 1998 film with Bruce Willis, I do always wonder if it was really necessary to teach oil rig workers to go to space, <laughs> when surely it would have been much easier to teach astronauts to operate basic oil rig equipment. But other than that, it was quite an enjoyable film, as I really do enjoy the music of Aerosmith. <laughs> Keir Starmer always struck me as more of like a deep impact guy. Mm. Mm. Well, he likes the second movie. <laughs> he, yeah. He, he prefers A Bug's Life to Ants. Yeah. Or, or like, yeah. Uh, no, no, Olympus would be the second to one. White House Down. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. I think Gerard Butler does an admirable job. <laughs> <laughs> A great, a great British institution, Gerard Butler. <laughs> it says, we are very clear. We need millions and millions of people to vote for us and help send a clear message to help save Britain and avoid the catastrophe of Starmageddon. 
Gerard Butler in that movie stabs a lot of people through the top of a head with a combat knife in the same way that I aim to stab the deficit <laughs> through the top of the head through sensible fiscal policies that are going to put money back in working people's pockets in much the same way that Gerard Butler puts a knife into the head of North Korean militants. <laughs> I'm showing Milo a picture of Starmageddon from one of their A Risk Near You in 2024. It's like Starmer kind of behind an eclipsed earth with like a kind of burning sun background. He's got his hand over his mouth. And then just a picture of like the UK like glowing in those kind of like, look at the national grid. Yeah. So uh, the the catastrophic cocktail is, of course, more taxes closer to EU, more government spending, more nanny state, more mass immigration, more net zero. Yeah, well, getting further away from the EU has done us a world of good, so I'd hate it if we... What they're saying is we are going to keep running on making the impossible promises. We're going to keep running on the Liz Truss agenda, basically, right? The stuff that you're only supposed to say you're desperate to do, but you're never supposed to be able to actually do, Mm. right? And so that's just back. And so the Tories now are the diet version of that. Which means, of course, they're going to, just as they did with, with UKIP and the Brexit Party, they're going to absorb it. Cool. So the actual energy, right, is is here. And they, they say there are five pillars to save Britain. Oh. Are, <laughs> yeah, it's I'll, it's, I'll it's really it. difficult not to is the thing. Yeah. Uh, B-boying. Uh, okay. All right, yeah. go on. Yeah. All right. So make work pay, so lifting the income tax. So cutting taxes, basically, cut 5% of government spending. Uh, remove but da- not raising wages. Never raise wages. No, that must never happen. Uh, pre- remove daft EU regulations. I um, the word daft feels inappropriate here. Uh, that have a one-in-one-out immigration system. Yeah, like fucking human rights. One-in-one-out, or like a fucking nightclub. <laughs> like they're queuing up at Dover. There's like a velvet rope, and there's a guy going, not in those fucking shoes, mate. <laughs> so game it's, not so tonight, it's not... once again, extremely yeah. prescient there. So it's it's yeah. not Sven. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, like with British geezer Sven is a very yeah. funny idea. Do you know, do you know who's playing in there? <laughs> Yeah, Rishi Sunak. <laughs> yeah, but who else? I do. I do like the idea of like r- running your immigration system, like you're doing like a night, like you're a nightclub bouncer in like Fanet. Yeah, but who's doing a set at DCMS at three in the morning? Yeah, so you don't fucking know, do you? <laughs> it's a, it's a queer space in there. <laughs> no fucking tourists. No fucking cokeheads. All right. <laughs> and to scrap the job destroying multi trillion pound burden of net zero. So okay. this is what it's a job creating thing. It's it's going to create so many jobs because yeah. you have to change everything. The jobs, Milo. Oil lubricates the ass of the economy, Eli. Um, I don't remember that line from there. Be blood, right? Hmm. <laughs> is the director's cut. oil lubricates the ass of the economy, Eli? <laughs> I drink your cum. <laughs> I've abandoned my child. <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis in Saltburn. Uh, so, what about labor? So, uh, this is Keir Starmer made his Project Hope speech in Bristol. Mm, there's very little uh, hope in this Project Hope. Yeah. What's the opposite of an erection? Because I've also, got one. What will happen when Project Hope comes up against the fact that you have ma- supported an ongoing, possibly legally defined, based on how the proceedings at the ICJ go, uh, genocide, as being proven by the courts, because like you know, Israeli teenagers can't stop uploading snuff films, mm. right? What happens when Project Hope comes up against we were on the side of the genocidaires? I don't know. It, what it, you're gonna there's gonna be a fucking Deus Ex Machina with that court case because there's no way, based on the evidence that's being presented, they can conclude that it's not a genocide. But on the other hand, like fucking Hillary Clinton will kick the door in and set off a smoke grenade <laughs> or something. Like there's no way it's gonna be allowed to go through. Like there will be a fucking drone strike on the courtroom yeah, before well, they're allowed the, to the, say that. We, it's we, a we spoke about this in the episode with Seamus. It's that it's that the IC. The thing about the ICJ is that it's. Like so many international institutions, its decisions are unenforceable, but it would be a gigantic propaganda loss. Well, that's what I mean. Even yeah. just even just saying it on paper, it doesn't mean anything, but like in kind of optics terms, mm, yeah, exactly. would be massive. Yeah. So this is this is who Project Hope is very much hitched its wagon to. Right. So so he says, to defeat this miserableist Tory project, we must crush their politics of divide and decline with a new Project Hope. Not grandiose utopian hope. Oh, so, just, just you know, the shit kind then. Yeah. So not the kind. Remember how we talk. Bob I always Hope. go. I always go back to um, 
the free broadband thing, broadband communism. Yeah, w- one right? really basic thing that would have made yeah. life in Britain like 1% less shit, in concrete terms. Yes. Hey, he wanted to fill the internet cables with jam. <laughs> he wanted to turn the whole internet into jam. And all you'd be able to get would be the Communist Manifesto and Gardener's Question Time. <laughs> a hellish dystopia. I don't know why it's Julie yeah. Birchill, but slow Birchill. This is like, <laughs> this is like after dark. <laughs> like, Julie uh, Birchill's playing mo- out Mellow in the Magic room. Birchill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to tell the bouncer that. You'll get in, definitely. <laughs> Not the hope of the easy answer, the quick fix, or the miracle cure. But they, again, broadband communism, quote unquote, that was a thing that would have fixed a problem. Yeah. Yeah, a problem which we are now constantly cheap. complaining about, too. Yeah, right? And so this is the kind of grandiose utopian hope, which is a big identifiable thing that they won't be doing. So, because that's an easy answer, a quick fix, or a miracle cure, as opposed to using the magic of AI, which is sensible. Of course. It's very funny to talk about, like, e- like do- using this disparaging frame of, like, easy answers and quick fixes, but where, where, like, colloquially what that refers to is things which purport to be easy answers or quick fixes, but which aren't easy answers and wouldn't fix anything. Whereas what he's describing is things which actually would be easy answers and quick fixes to problems. Like, because basically the British government is so fucking mired in shit. They're so bad at their job that if just anyone with, like, half a brain who was wasn't insane went in there they could do like 50 things in a day that would make this country so much better and wouldn't even cost that much money because that's how badly run britain is like that's not even addressing the difficult intractable problem he says no milo okay they need credible hope a frank hope a hope that levels with you about the hard road ahead but which shows you a way through the light at the end of a tunnel a hard hope. (laughs) a firm turgid (laughs) hope which despite its steely exterior How's <laughs> fuck me? I can't even. I can't even continue the riff. <laughs> the hope of a certain destination. Okay. <laughs> the hope of we may not get to our destination on the train, but eventually, via the optimism replacement bus, we will find our way to a new firm hope. <laughs> it will not be Starmageddon, but Starmer Future. <laughs> We will find our way to the sunlit uplands of a tax credit you can use to redeem to get your child B-Tech tuition in a coding program of your choice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like so, less sunlit uplands and more like sort of moderately overcast hill, you know? Yeah. So that's why the national missions we've set are measurable goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've talked about the missions yeah, before. Never make anything better because it will cost yeah. you much money. I know they will take hard work, <laughs> determination, patience, and a true national effort. And for some people, that invites a sharp intake of breath, a raised eyebrow, or a question. Sorry, did Keir Starmer really just fucking tell me to eat bitterness? Like, what, what the fuck kind of, like, shared appeal to, like, uh, like national values is he doing here when he hasn't fucking done anything except tell me how shit everything's got to be? Mm-hmm. Like... Mm. And that's going up against the the famous guy who's going to say we're going to do a, a nightclub system for Britain's yeah. uh, immigration. This is going to be this is supposed to be Project Hope. What hope? Yeah, awesome. I love that we've gone from things can only get better to yeah. just nah, just no. Yeah, Th- things can maybe stay more or less the same. Yeah, if you're lucky. Mm. But what keeps me up at night is a different reaction altogether. <laughs> it's something called disco biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest challenge we face, bar none, the shrug of the shoulder. Because this is the paradox of British politics right now. Everyone agrees we're in a huge mess with services on their knees. An economy doesn't, that, that doesn't work for working people. Uh, um, and everyone agrees mm. as well that it's been like this for a while. That Britain needs to change. Yes. It wants change and is crying out for change. And yet, the, po- the trust in politics is so low that nobody believes you can make a because difference Because all anymore. the solutions are shit! Including yeah. yours! No one wants them! Also the point being that in 2019... That was very much like the referendum. It was like, okay, do you want like some very basic things to be changed in a way that might be better for you, but the trade-off is that it might also be better for other people as well. And the British public mm. were like, fucking no. Yeah. Do you if want I to be ha- happy? Like- Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Right. Do you want jam to be poured yeah, so- into the telecoms network? So- and people said no. So so like what the argument, you know, is uh yeah, you want to be happier, but mm. you don't want to be happier if the trade-off of that is other people are happier yeah. as well. And so actually being miserable is fine because other people will also suffer as well. well. Here's what he said. He said, the nation is so tired, exhausted, and despairing that they've given up on hope. A national mood which, if we aren't successful with our project hope, the Tories will seek to exploit. 
Of course we've given up on hope. Keir Starmer is the leader of the Labour Party, for fuck's sake. Like, this is the one man you can vote for who can win the election who's not Rishi Sunak is Keir fucking Starmer. A man who exists on a platform of, like, well, I don't know. I think um, if we just, oh, if we muddle around a bit, if we get a computer involved, I think possibly, you know, maybe one child could have a school dinner. Like, it's just, <laughs> it, uh, forgive me for not being inspired by the least inspiring man on the planet. He has the charisma of glue that's been poured into a suit. Like, why, why would I have any hope? Yeah, and, and so that's, and that's the thing, right? He's saying, that, right, that the Tories and, and, reform as well right who are going to be piloting the tories and therefore piloting labor indirectly right they are going to give people something actual which is we will identify and hurt the people you don't like oh cool right i hope one of those isn't me and then labor is they're basically saying oh don't listen to that however we will be giving you costed hope so either you get the full fat of the thing you like we will or, we will moderately hurt the people you don't like <laughs> to Precisely. the correct extent in a reasonable way yeah. I might kneecap someone you don't like but I won't kill them because that would be wrong mm-hmm. so he says uh, of, of course he, he takes a pop at, uh, at the previous uh, Labour leadership for having vision of not having vision driven politics Jeremy Corbyn, a man who couldn't kneecap someone even if it were in the national interest, <laughs> despite his friends in the IRA, who I'm sure could have taught him a thing or two. <laughs> he says, despite hoarding all that power, central government lacks ambition. A view of the potential government that is just content to mop up problems after the fact armed only with a big state checkbook. We've got to change this. It's vital You've for taking on the profound the challenges of our era. Yeah. The rising geopolitical tensions, climate change, terrorism, securing our borders, the revolutions in science and technology. So I promise this, a new mindset. So that's what's coming up against like we're going to put a bouncer in Dover is the a new mindset. mindset. Yeah. Mission government, which we've talked about before. This is the real I wake coach. up at 6 a.m. and I watch paint dry for 1 hour. <laughs> <laughs> Slamming the VHS of Blair's election into the TV every morning and doing the moves alongside him. <laughs> what, like Jazzercise? Yeah, yeah. So, so don't listen to the siren voices saying we can't change Britain. So don't listen to Milo. I'm going to run for election on the ritual suicide party. The, the, like, we all just fucking kill ourselves. The siren voices also implies that, like, Farage is quite sexy, which <laughs> I don't see it, to be honest. I mean, well, for that one woman who tweeted Nigel Farage sexy pics and then immediately followed by how to delete tweets. <laughs> we can and we will. Don't listen when they say we're all the same. We're not and we will never be. And don't listen when they say politics makes no difference because act it like does. it then. For once. Ever. What, please. Now, what I liked about this speech, though, is you know what questions Starmer got? No, because I, I can't uh, even hear you because the relaxation vein is deafening me. <laughs> M- Mr. Starmer, how did you get so charismatic and engaging? <laughs> Thank you, kid, but there's no need to call me Mr. Starmer. <laughs> Mr. Starmer was my father, who was a toolmaker, by the way. Mm. He made uh, tools. I don't make any tools, but I do respect those who do. Uh, so, Jim Pickard of the FT asks uh, Starmer whether Peter Mandelson described, um, in, uh, described as a core part of uh, Starmer's network had it's questions a core to answer part of someone else's network too. Yeah, had questions to answer regarding the fact that he frequently stayed at Epstein, Epstein's Manhattan townhouse in like the 2010s, and um, Ooh, I slipped right down the staircase and into yeah. his townhouse. <laughs> uh, so it, while while Epstein was in jail, mm. well, I mean, that, that his house is going to be free. He needs someone to like yeah. water his plants. Like, yeah, it was house sitting. Yeah. Stay in a hotel. <laughs> yeah, look, well, that's how you. That's how you know there was no, there was nothing untoward going on because it was Jeffrey Epstein who was the pedophile. So yeah. what, what was he that? Was in jail. Yeah, what was that? Exactly. Just unsupervised pedophilia happening at Jeffrey Epstein's house while he was in jail? Come on. It is. Um. Starmer said, on Peter Mandelson, look, and I do try to give pretty full answers in these sessions, uh-huh. but I don't know any more than you do, and therefore there's really not much I can add to what you already know. I d- He's a core part of your did network. You, you, you could ask yeah, him. Yeah, did you talk to him about it, maybe, ever? Well, no, that would be impolite. Okay. Well, don't, don't ask him while you're standing at the top of his staircase, though. That would be my recommendation. <laughs> or at least check it for Lurpak first. <laughs> anyway, anyway. I think that's about all the time we have for today. Hmm. Just, just perfect, perfect press conference to be like, Project Hope, 
the hope is uh, my mindset will be different. Uh, I have no thoughts whatsoever about the implication of my colleague. Thanks for coming. Yeah, perfect. I got. I have nothing. Project Hope. Hey, maybe you can hope for an answer. Bye, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, has been, this has been Kier's Corner. Bye, everyone. That's right. Uh, oh, anyway. Man. Anyway. No, but that is actually all we have time for today. Um, thank you, Alice, for coming in with the button, though. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, we want to thank you all for listening. Remind you, there is a Patreon. We're going to be talking to YouTube's Abby Thorne oh, I've uh, on the her. bonus episode. She's on some kind of podcast, yeah. too. Excited uh, to meet her. Uh, <laughs> um, and we are going to be talking a little bit about voiceover and AI. So it should be fun. And of course, we're launching our, our new uh, Patreon uh, show, Karma with Starma, where uh, <laughs> Keir Starmer will be doing guided meditations for you. <laughs> but we are launching a new show. Oh, are we? Well, yeah, Glue Factory. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you said we're watching a new show. I was like, oh, fuck. Have we done another Years and Years? Is he, is he done a second uh, Years no. and Years? No. Uh, Milo and I and Olga and Pierre have taken the Balthazar Speedboat concept, and we're trying to do actual filmed YouTube stuff with it now. Yeah. We've, so, made, we've made a podcast series. It's called Glue Factory. It's on, the first episode's on YouTube right now. Kumar in. Yeah. Yeah, you know all about it. Yeah, I, I have so many tour dates. Uh, Rotterdam is about to sell out on the 26th of January. Please, if you want to come to that, buy a ticket. Uh, my special taping of voicemail on the 11th of February in London is also selling very, very fast. So please also buy tickets to that. Uh, I have Australia tour dates. Name a city in Australia. I'm probably going to be there. Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, Newcastle, Canberra, Adelaide, Perth. Those are all all these dates you can get tickets on my website. Also Brighton on the 3rd of March and Leicester Comedy Festival on the 18th of February doing two shows. Um, so if you live in any of those cities, please buy tickets. Especially Brighton. I haven't sold that many tickets yet because I forgot to mention it to anyone. <laughs> oh, well, you should probably mention it. Yeah, I'm mentioning it now. Anyway, um, you are the target audience for the Brighton show. <laughs> that's, all, that's, all we, that's all we have time for. We'll yeah. see you on the bonus. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.